In today's episode, Dr. Laurel Mellon is joining me to talk about a new form of ways to train our brains to be different called emotional brain training. Dr. Mellon is a health psychologist who founded and developed emotional brain training. She's an associate clinical professor of family and community medicine and pediatrics at the University of California, San Francisco. She has also authored several papers on the science and efficacy of emotional brain training and is a New York Times bestselling author of four books on the method. And I just have to add that she is one of the most joy-filled people I have ever spoken to. She was so kind, compassionate, and it's she was one of those people who, when I was with her, she evoked emotions within me I enjoyed feeling because of how she worded things, how compassionate she was, her tone of voice, how she was genuinely interested in what I had to say and what I had done with building pies and, and what we're doing here. I think all of us could learn more about how to be better in our pies from how she presents herself as a person, but also with what she's going to teach us with emotional brain training today. Let's dive into today's episode. Physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. These are the four areas of attraction, or as us insiders like to call it, the pies. Join me, Kimberly Beam Holmes, as we speak with other experts around the world on how to become the most attractive that you can be. Create confidence and find happiness. We will teach you how. It starts with attraction and it starts now. Essentially, we are living based on the circuits in our unconscious mind. And up until 2007, we discovered the EBT method in 2007. And up until that time, there was no simple way for everybody to be able to use a five-point system to control those circuits. So I've got a lot of circuits in my brain that are super great circuits. They make me resilient. And I want to keep those happening. But I have a few other ones that are kind of like reactive or where I get shut down or ramped up or stuck or stalled. And what happens is if I know that, I don't blame myself. But when I get triggered or activated or shut down, I say, oh, it's not me. It's just a circuit. And I use the emotional tool and it stops. It shuts off the circuit. So I'm not, you know, essentially being impatient with my child or overeating or getting hostile because I've shut off the circuit that's caused it. In traditional methods, and it's all over, this is why we want everyone to have EBT tools, because traditional methods are focused on thinking and doing, and the brain actually works on circuits. Like if I get triggered, I'm going to have a circuit that has emotions and then thoughts and then behaviors and whoosh. Before I know it, I'm at the refrigerator overeating, or before I know it, I'm really incensed at my husband for doing something that I don't want him to do. These are circuits. And so all EBT does is say, Do your program like your program. It's beautiful. I mean, you have four different areas of attraction. They're really universal. Everyone's inspired by them. But the fact is, if you get a reactive circuit going, it's going to get you stalled. And then you're going to blame yourself or you're going to run out of energy and say, this will never work for me. Whereas if you have the EBT skills and it's just really in an app, then what happens is you say, oh, it's just one of those reactive wires. I think I'll shut it off. There are five different levels of stress in the brain. Levels of stress. So there's, there's 
let's get really down to earth. Okay, there's whatever's happening, that information goes into the brain and it and whatever circuits in there that's that we used before that's the strongest. Remember, because almost everything we do is a repeat of the past. Now, is this neuroplasticity or is this different? It's both. It's both self-regulation and neuroplasticity. So so what happens is that the the self-regulation or, you know, dealing with stress, it comes in your brain into the middle part of your brain to the thalamus and Mm -hmm. and these different circuits, the reactive and the resilient ones all all vie to be to be activated. The strongest one, like, for example, when my husband comes down and he's got a scowl on his face, that's Mm -hmm. a stimulus and it goes into my brain. And the last time he scowled, how I responded would be in a circuit and it would be a strong one because he's he's a total love. But sometimes he gets into these moods. And so I if I'm on automatic pilot, I'm going to get activated and it's going to send me into stress. And the question is, once the circuit's been activated, what do you do about it? If you yeah. use mindfulness, cognitive relaxation or exercise, it takes 30 minutes to, to turn off a reactive circuit. I don't know about you, but I can eat a lot, drink a lot, obsess a lot, you know, you know, just say, oh, the world's terrible for 30 minutes of agony. So I just don't do it. Nope. But if you, ha- if you have it takes three minutes if you use your emotional pathways. Okay, so the first thing is you do get triggered. When you get triggered, that's perfect because in that moment of triggering, uh, you will repeat the past and you'll continue repeating the past for 10, 20, 30 years. But the moment of stress is what it's all about because in that moment of stress, think of these circuits as being neurons. So this is neurons and they're all stuck together, okay, in a circuit. And between them, there are synaptic connections. But when you're in stress at the same level of stress as you were in when it was encoded, the synaptic connections become fluid. And so all of a sudden, you don't have a circuit. You've got a bunch of these neurons. And if you just stay present to your emotions, even the kind of the the difficult ones, which is what EBT allows you to do, and move through them in two minutes, you will do away with that old circuit or, or weaken it. And you'll bring about a new circuit of your choosing where you stay connected to yourself and you're your best self not the person that just gets triggered over and over again. So it gives you personal control over your circuits. So two things happen in that moment. Number one, when you stop and without judgment say, oh my gosh, I need to spiral up. I need to use EBT. And you do it. You stop the circuit from triggering you. Like, for example, for me to start criticizing my husband for being so negative, because sometimes he gets a little negative, right? Instead of criticizing, that's not going to work. Instead, I know I'm in stress. I'll spiral up. I go from a four or a five, you know, really stress up to a one. And then when I'm at one, I say, oh, sweetheart, I really love you. What can I do to help? You know, and so when I do that, not only have I stopped the stress, but the wire that caused me to be judgmental is weaker. And the wire that caused me to be loving is stronger. And that's how you train your brain through those moments of spiraling up with happiness and joy to change. I know that myself and the listeners are dying to know what the, how to get up this ladder, go from five to one. But first I have to ask you, how did you research this and come across this, this process? I was, uh, I, when I was, I'm 72 and you do not look 72. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm 72. You can share your skincare regimen with me. All of it. <laughs> 
Amazing. <laughs> it's called joy. Uh, and you, you have that too. You know, when you're doing something you love. So I was here a young woman. I had gotten married. It was not a happy marriage. I had a baby and the baby died. And they told me that I would never have children. So I went back to graduate school. And I said, what am I going to do anyway? Anyway, I got a job at UCSF and I was trying to solve. I had struggled with weight myself in that I had an emotional overeating problem, a stress-related eating problem. And my early training was in nutrition because of that. And I was working at UCSF in this faculty job. And I said, I'm going to go to the root cause of why people overeat. And I'm going to do it with children and adolescents. So I, I found an old article in, from 1940 by a woman at Baylor College of Medicine that showed that it was really emotional, that people were doing things because they were, had emotional drives. And I was so young, I was 28 at the time, I thought, I'll just teach them emotional tools. And so I did. And a little girl, a little girl's mother came up to me. It was a little family-based program. She says, what did you do to my daughter? And I said, she's using those emotional techniques. And she doesn't even care about the food. And all she wants to do is go out and play. And she loves her body. And she loves her friends. And she's so happy. What's going on? And the brain science had never been developed at that point. And all I knew was I would be a very bad person if I didn't dedicate my my career and sort of my life to trying to figure it out. And then I just stayed with it and the lots of brilliant people and lots of great research. And it's 42 years later. So, yeah. So a lot of but you know what? If you follow your have a love affair with something, you believe you're using your talents to do the right thing. It, it gets really ugly sometimes and what you do is you use your EBT tools and you get unstuck and you, and you go from there. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a ride. Good for you. That's amazing. I'm well aware. I'm at the beginning the first the first quarter of my PhD process right now. And so I I I value and appreciate research even more knowing how much you have to do to actually get the good oh, research. Oh, okay. So you really need this app because let me, I really tell, you, do. Let me tell you what they do. You know, I, I, of course I'm an academic and I have, I'm a health psychologist, but I will tell you, and, and I don't mean this disparaging toward people in academics because they have to guard the gates, right? If you let people yeah. do research that don't know what they're doing, but they do try to kill you. They really do. <laughs> and it gets worse with the no. dissertation. And then, I <laughs> but, but I will tell you, you will never be the same person because, because of all the pain involved. And also just the love of the science and the, the love of enduring truths. So have fun with it, but keep your sense of humor and get, keep your app. Okay. <laughs> I will. I'll be the first to use it. I'll tell the listeners all about it. Okay. So let's go back to, let's talk about these five levels. So, do they have names or no? How do you get up them? Sure. Tell us what we need to know about okay. that. The first thing to know is anything that's really important for survival of the species is extraordinarily sensitive to stress. So spirituality, food, sexuality, and love. And at brain state one, what's happening here is your neocortex is in charge and your entire brain is connected. It's called neural integration. And in that state, every cell of your body is at its best and you can love, you can give and receive love. You can feel that spiritual connection to the deepest part of yourself. You could care less about eating that ice cream. It just doesn't do it for you. I mean, it's just not going to give you that high anymore. And so this is the state to get to. Okay. 
it would be terrible. This is extremely important, extremely important. And you've probably heard about spiritual bypassing or sexual bypassing or these different things that, that people are, are, are trying to not have any stress and just sort of stay on this plateau of always being compassionate. That's actually the worst thing in the world for you. So the first thing with EBT is you learn that there are five different levels of stress. One, two, three, four, five. All of them are good. Now, let me qualify that. That if you get down to four and five and get stuck there, that is the root cause of human suffering, the major causes of premature aging, and also the chronic diseases, mental health problems, emotional health problems, and just basically misery. Okay? Mm -hmm. Getting stuck there. So, however... Remember I was saying earlier about the neurons, when I got stressed, the neurons, I got stressed. And so the neurons came apart and that was a moment of opportunity to upgrade my, my brain, to change an old faulty belief, or maybe a, a drive to get hostile or some, or to not be patient or to overeat or whatever that is. Um, whatever it is in that moment, if you can stay connected to your emotions, what I'll show you how to do, what happens is you actually refresh your emotional architecture. So what you want is to get back to a home base of brain state one, but to also understand you got to push forward and do hard things, go down here and then spiral back up. We want people to spiral about 10 times a day, 10 moments of happiness a day with the EBT tools. It refresh, it clears away the stress. So you're, you go through your day and you feel better at the end of the day than you felt the day before. So that's the idea is number one, you do not want to be super glued at one. If you're compassionate all the time, what you end up doing is suppressing your negative emotions. And if you do that, all this stress clutter in your brain and you feel more and more like you're faking it, you feel like I've got to try to be nice, but inside I'm just full of judgment. And then that rips apart any sense of security and authenticity in yourself. So instead you want to be emotionally fluid going through all the states. But when you get down to that um, that four or five state that's stressed, you need to spiral up. And I will tell you how to do it. And you can't believe how simple it is. So tell us how to do it. <laughs> how do you do it? Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you another explanation to see if you like it. When you're at one, you're feeling, uh, it's all emotional. The whole world is emotional. There's nothing that's not emotional because emotions are survival-based. Not psychologically speaking, I'm saying physiologically. So when you're at one, you're feeling the elevated emotions. Those are love, compassion, gratitude, hope, forgiveness, awe, and joy. And you're just full of love and light, right? Mm -hmm. When you're at brain state two here, uh, you are present in the moment, but you don't feel very rewarded. But you do know, I'm hungry, I need to eat. I'm lonely. I need to talk to someone. So you know how you feel and what you need. And this is the major missing element in psychotherapy, in health education, in how the world works. From three on, emotions are crazy making, absolutely crazy making. So when you ask yourself, how do I feel when I'm at three, four or five, you're going to get some really stupid answer like confused, overwhelmed, lost, hungry when you're when you've just eaten it's going to have a mixed message and it's going to make you more upset because then you're going to want to analyze your feelings or try to figure out what's wrong with you and it just wastes a lot of time 
So at three, four, and five, you get stuck in what's called allostatic or stuck emotions. Those are commonly depression, anxiety, um, self-pity, worry, shame, numbness. And one of the most lethal ones is a false high. That's why some people go into the negative, like I go into negative emotions like anxiety or depression or something when I'm stressed. Some people go numb and they don't even know they're stressed. And some people go on a false high, which is everything is fine. So what if I'm spending all my money? And so what if I'm neglecting myself? And they actually do are completely separated from the consequences of their behavior. So, But all of those three emotional styles are fixed the same way. So if you know you're at four, it turns out that all of those states I just mentioned that t- traditionally people medicate for, uh, you know, d- antidepressants, you know, anxiety drugs, um, you know, ice cream, you know, whatever it is, those emotions are four feelings, angry, sad, afraid, and guilty that got clumped together because we suppressed our emotions. So all of the tools in EBT are different variations of fanning out those feelings. And once I fan them out, the stress is gone. And all of a sudden I feel emotionally lighter. If there's an errant message down there that tells me like I get my love from food or I, I get my safety by judging people or whatever, it bubbles up into our conscious mind. And we say, that's not a belief I want to keep, but it bubbles up there in a state of having those neurons disassembled So when we think differently at that point, because we've pulled apart that circuit in the unconscious mind, we actually change on a deep body level, not just superficially. So essentially, those four feelings, and wait till you hear this, you're going to love this. The first feeling, it's, it's actually the same for every human being, and it is biologically based. So it's based on secure attachment, and it's also based on neurophysiology. And that is the best feeling that you can have. The number one gateway to transformation is anger. Okay, wait till not hostility, not rage, but anger. We are animals. And when we are being threatened mainly by emotions, when you're in a relationship, I remember before I I met my husband, I was uh, and I we just met eight years ago and we just fell in love and it was right. And we, of course, we work through a lot of things. But the issue is, uh, you know, if if I thought, oh, my God, I can't at this age have sex with somebody, you know, they're going to judge me. They're going to I don't want to take my clothes off. You know, I don't want so all of these insecurities that come up are absolutely normal. Um, and they're they're emotional threats. It was an emotional threat. What if I got vulnerable with him? You know, these emotional threats, the brain sees as a a tiger biting us in the neck. Okay. So it responds chemically as if we're being eaten up by a lion. So these are the emotional threat of getting in love and falling in love with ourselves again is really, really hard to do. And so what, what would you do if you were in the outback and there was a, a lion coming at you and about to eat you in the neck, right? And you would probably not say, I feel compassion for you, and you know, lion. I really, you'd say, "Holy Ned, I can't stand this. Get out of here!" Right? You'd protest, and the emotion in humans for a protest. This is why expletives work. Is to is 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 anger. I hate it that you're doing that. I can't stand it. After three angers, 
three, four, five angers. The thinking brain comes back online because that anger gets rid of stress very quickly. The only emotion that's negative for humans that's associated with any power whatsoever is anger. Sadness, fear, and guilt, I'm retreating. Yeah. So you're. It makes sense. I mean, hearing you say it, it makes sense. When you're angry, you want to do something to change it. Exactly. You're protesting. You say, "Don't right. try, don't try to eat me alive. Forget it." <laughs> yeah. So Forget it. so so once you do three, you, you, and you don't have to think about it. You just go along with the app. It takes two to three minutes, and you say, um, I, "I feel angry that I can't stand it, that I hate it, that," and it moves to sadness, fear, and guilt. Just one one statement of each, and all of a sudden you're feeling free. And you'll either go, if it's just situational stress, you'll go to feeling grateful and happy and secure and proud. If there's really a big old circuit down there in the brain that tells you something that's faulty so that the circuit in your own brain, your issue is the problem, it will reveal that unreasonable expectation with you to you and you can switch it right there. So it's, it's psychotherapy that's done by the self or in uh-huh. small groups on our website and, uh, and with the app so it's private. And you can just feel better faster. That's the whole idea. And you're finding the core of the issue. I mean, that's why. So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is effective in terms of therapy. But it's all because it goes back to you're dealing with, well, so I'll finish this and then I'll say how I think EBT even is even better because in cognitive behavioral therapy, you're getting to the source of that trigger. What is triggering the action and the thought that's, that's coming. But with EBT, emotional brain therapy, Terry, right? training, emotional brain training, emotional brain training. So in emotional brain training, it, you're even stopping it before it becomes the action. Yeah. You're trying to stop it as soon as you kind of feel it yeah. rise. Yeah. So in the app, is it, is it that it tells you like it, it notifies you once an hour or are you supposed to go to it when you, you feel you go to it way? whenever you want to, you see, you start off kind of like mindfulness and then you okay. go to, uh, you go to find your number. There's five different numbers, but what you do is you just always, almost always go to four because you're always, almost always at four. And then you, it just takes you right through. It gives you what's called lead-ins. I, I'll give you a demonstration if you want, but I, what I, what I, what I want you to know is that, Cognitive behavioral therapy is probably on the way out. And mm. uh, yeah, it is. And the reason it's on its way out, it's fine. And it's it's evidence-based for what it does. But it was made for a different time. It was actually conceived of about 50 years ago when the overall stress level was lower. And what the neuroscientists at NYU have shown is that these different areas of the brain are like drawers, like all my memories from being at BrainState 1 are here and they goes and then all my really really terrible memories are down here at 4 or 5 cbt has been shown to be ineffective at shutting off the wires in the third fourth and fifth drawer the science is scary because this is what's used all over everywhere and everyone believes this is is going to work it does work for a different world Starting in 1990, the stress levels in general were so high that we started to get more marital problems, more more um, problems with mental health and physical health and even cancer. And then stress got levels got worse and worse and worse. And finally, now everybody needs to be able to get to these this level in the brain. So what happens is 
CBT works great when you're feeling great. Mm -hmm. But when you start to dip down to where we all live these days, which is three, four, and five, it shuts off because thought, the thinking brain is not effective in staying online and feeling emotions at three, four, and five. And so what EBT does with this system of you find your number and then you go on whatever emotional pathways for the three tool, the four tool, and the five tool, and you spiral up. So essentially, we're in kind of in a transition where CBT will be used less like often because the, the, the therapies are saying people are really stressed out now and they need EBT instead. Or what's happening, a lot of therapists are using their CBT, but then they give their patients the EBT so that between sessions, they can stop the triggering. Yeah. So, right. you know, I think it's a, it's a world that's changing, but we're living with the fact that we have a new reality now. Everyone mm-hmm. is in stress overload and everyone needs the tools to shut that off so that they can be in charge of their own quality of life. Yes. I, so you said, I want to make sure I heard this correctly. You said that being angry yes. is actually more effective than being sad, afraid, or guilty. <laughs> sort of like that. What I said is that, that I'm glad you're asking me. Anger is unlocking the door to making emotional change possible. Mm. The reason for that is it's the first of the four feelings. I'll, I'll show you a demo. The first of the four feelings is anger. So, so when I'm at, let's say I'm at brain state four, that's kind of the typical state these days, definitely stressed. And I'm like that. My thinking brain isn't working and I can't stay connected to my emotions because I'm too upset. I'm going to start obsessing. I'm going to start analyzing. And so I go in, I complain. Then I say, I feel angry that I can't stand it, that I hated that. And all of a sudden the stress goes away. And then I can feel tender, sweet sadness rather than depression. I can feel my true fear in the situation rather than worrying or being anxious. And I can also feel my guilt, which is really just my power. What do I what do I wish I'd done differently instead of going into shame and blaming myself? Mm-hmm. So it's the four feelings in that order that unlocks the, our capacity to change. I can, sh- you want me to show you how to do it? Show me how to do it. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. I wish I'd given you the app. I just, uh, I will st- start right here. Okay. I first have to complain. Your mother told you not to complain, right? Okay, you first have to complain. So even if you're feeling great, still just touch on four. Because remember, intimacy only happens at one. Intimacy only happens at one. Intimacy with yourself, which is spiritual connection. Intimacy with your emotions. So you're in in those those beautiful higher order emotions. Intimacy in your intellect, your thinking brain is only going to work really well when you're one. So you want to be able to get back to one. But intimacy in particular at brain state one, you're intimate. You can give and receive love. Brain state two, you're kind of transactional. You say, well, you know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. But basically from three on down, we treat ourselves and other people like objects. You know, we're just objects. So that's why if you want to go into a relationship or want to renew a relationship, what you're going to do is do all the things they tell you to do because they're very smart and they're evidence-based. But Mm -hmm. get back to one so you can actually follow through and do it. So uh, the and sexuality, um, the the top four uh, causes of sexual dysfunction and lack of satisfaction in men and women are due to stress. 
if you want to be your sexy best self, you know, really authentic and really having fun and having loving, fun sex and having that emotional connection, you know, you and your partner need to be able to spiral up and get to one. So I'm going to tell you the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do a real cycle. This is called it's called the cycle tool. And I'm going to do a really simple one that is the first thing you learn. The first thing you learn in ABT is how to do the B positive tool, which I'm going to show you. And then you can also take action. I don't think I'll do the take action part. That's how to change your behavior. I'll just do the first part. Okay. So uh, you use lead-ins. Now lead-ins I use with my thinking brain, just simple words. And then you kind of like let go of over control and you see what comes up from your body because your emotional brain unconscious activations, which are the boss. I mean, they're what really control us, not your conscious thoughts come up from your body. So I, I actually feel I'm running about a one right now. I'm really happy to, to, to be with you. And my, my just one second. And, um, and so I don't really have any, anything I'm upset about, but everybody always has eight cycles they can do because a lot of it's suppressed. So you just start complaining about something and you can clear out the emotional clutter from your brain, right? Why bother just to be happy when you can dip down, clear it out, and then be even happier? So the situation is, and see, I'm waiting for it to come up to my body because my body will tell me the truth. The body doesn't lie. Um, I just got back from New York, seeing my youngest child with their new baby, who's two weeks old and their two-year-old. And I had a wonderful time and they live in New York and I live in California. Okay, so now I'm complaining, right? What I'm most stressed about is I miss them. Now, I can just sit on that and analyze. I shouldn't miss them. I should be really happy that I had any time with them at all. But, of course, the emotional brain doesn't like lies. It wants you to process your emotions. So what I'm most stressed about is I miss them. And I'm get I'm now I'm getting it. See, all that was suppressed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do anger. I feel angry that I can't be with them. I can't stand it that they live all the way there. I hate it that I love them and I'm stuck here and I can't see them and I'm going to miss them growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay. It always turns to sadness. Now, I'm not going to drone on and on. You know how some couples get into situations where they just sit there and the woman or the man just cannot get off the emotions. It's because they don't know how to emotionally process uh, well. And so what I'm going to do is just go into one deep sadness. I feel sad that you just need one if you do it right. I feel sad that. I feel sad that. I can't be with them. And I'm not I'm going to miss being their grandma. I'm not going to be able to. And then I just feel it in my body. Just let it course through my body. I feel afraid that they won't love me. What's my part of it? What could I do differently? I feel guilty that I'm not being creative. I can do Zoom or whatever it is. I can find ways to connect with them. I feel guilty that I'm being, I'm not being creative about it and not finding a way. I feel grateful. Then all of a sudden I feel a shift in my body. The negativity bias is gone. And now the positive emotions open up. I feel grateful 
that I'm alive. I feel really happy that I got to show Henry how to eat corn when he's two years old. He didn't understand about corn. He thought you licked the corn cob, right? I feel oh. so secure. I know that he's just, oh, yeah, I can eat, actually eat it. And he ate the whole ear. I feel secure that I will find the way to give what I can to them. I'll do the best I can. And I feel proud that instead of being completely and totally depressed right now, I actually feel kind of excited and encourage what I could do. Wahoo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you see the difference? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is affecting, this is health. This is the new healthcare. EBT is a new paradigm in healthcare where people control the circuits that control the health and their well-being. And now I can feel I have a glow in my body. Uh, you can see a difference in my face, right? I mean, I just, you know, it makes you come alive. And it took what, a minute or two? Yeah. Okay. So what if it's something that is very self-focused? Yes. So I have shared with my listeners, I'll share with you as well, that I'm a very anxious person. Yes. So one of the reasons I asked you to clarify with the anger is because my husband goes anger. I go anxious. Yes. And, um, and so I've, I don't know. I always thought that maybe mine was better. I don't know why. <laughs> then I'm like, you know what? He does seem to move out of his stuff way quicker than I do. Um, but anyway, so I'm, I'm a very anxious person and I will go quickly to worst possible case scenario. Right. Or so many things. But um, so how does it work when it is, when you're putting blame on, you. So not the circumstance, not the situation or another person, but like you, you didn't hit a goal you wanted to hit. You, um, felt, uh, I mean, for women, you felt a lump in your breast and now you're worried that it's can't like, so how do you control your thought and get out of that when it's within you? Okay, great. So there's, remember I was showing that you this page on the app where you go down to brain state four, you go down there and, and there's, um, there's definitely under four. There's three reasons that humans get stressed. Mm-hmm. And there's a, yeah. path, there's a pathway for each one. The one I just mm-hmm. showed you was the be positive. That's situational stress. If someone has a situational stress, let's say they just found out they have a lump in their breast or something, that's situational stress. It will be cleared by be positive. The, the one I just showed you. Yep. However, much of what we do to ourselves is really an old memory or an old mm-hmm. wire that keeps getting replayed. And there are two kinds of them. One's a false generalization, which is is uh, the feel better. It's like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't have any power. You get this feeling in your body like you're just you feel sort of sick and kind of like you've been abandoned or something. You just use that feel better. Do it. And then the one that's most popular other than be positive is stop a trigger. And what that is, it's a false association between uh, something like love or safety and something else. And they get stuck together. And once they get stuck together is I get my love from food or I get my safety from worrying or I get my safety. So I can do a cycle with you if you want. I don't know if you want to do something like that, but I can or show you how I how it's done. You want to give it a try? That's I do. Tricks? Let's give it a try. I'm going to try it with you. OK, I'm yeah. going to be your app. So okay. I'm going to say say the lead in and you say it again. Wait okay. and have it come up from your body. I want okay. you to complain now. Three, two or three sentences. The situation is you can this. These tools work for anything, for anyone, anytime. So it, 
It, it comes from your body, but the lead-in gives you the pathway of resilience. The situation is, say the situation is, and then turn your attention to your body and say two or three sentences. Complain about okay. something. Okay, I'm nervous. Here we go. <laughs> the situation is... Who? Okay. The situation is that I, I may go too deep. Tell me. No, go real as deep as, as deep it is. Okay. It'll work. Okay. Okay. So the situation is, is that I found out through some different sets of circumstances over the past several months, um, or I guess I didn't find out. I realized that I think I had, I came to terms with some things that happened to me when I was a teenager that I had been not thinking about and, and for many different reasons and realized that maybe I had experienced some little T trauma. Yes. From that, I realized that I have a very strong need to protect myself. Yeah. And that typically comes up in situations where I feel like my Mm. health is at risk or if I feel like other people are going to think differently of me. And so I am very sensitive to situations where I feel like I could come across as not doing the right thing based on someone else's judgment. And that causes me to worry a lot. That's a wire. That's a stop a trigger cycle. Perfect. Great. Okay. Now all that detail was really important, but now I want you to con- connect with your body and let your unconscious mind organize it. This is so easy. Make it shorter. <laughs> no, no. What you, what, it's going to find the, the nugget of what bothers you the most. Cause if you get at that, it's going to give you the most relief and the most joy and the most happiness. What I'm most stressed about is, and you're just going to do one little, what I'm most people judge me or something like that. What, what, I'm I'm most most, stressed, what I'm most stressed about is that I care so much about what other people think. Right. Great. That's your topic. Write it down. I care so much about what other people think. And you're going to stay on that topic. You're going to see it's really fast. Okay. Because emotions are quick. If you want to think okay. about it, it takes years and years and years. But we're not doing that. Okay. We're not doing that. We're, we're not doing on. that. We're using emotional brain training. Okay. Yeah, I, it down. Okay. What? And then I want you just to say that I feel angry that I care so much. I I do feel angry that I care so much about what other people think. Okay. So I want you to get angry. You want me to be angry? I want you to <laughs> be angry. Good with anger. We're, we're going to be really good. Do you get used to this? That that's why you okay. you come and you learn. You do it in little groups and stuff. I feel angry that I care so much about what people think about me. You have to get angry to get down here. I feel angry that I care so much about what other people think. I can't stand it that. I can't stand it that I care so much about what other people think. I hate it that. I hate it that I care so much about what other people think. Stay in anger until it turns to sadness, which it naturally will. It turned to sadness okay. about two sentences Great. ago. <laughs> take a nice, you're doing very well. Connect with your body. Take a nice deep breath. Remember, this is fast, but you have to connect with yourself. Tell me okay. when you feel connected. 
I feel connected. I feel the emotions for sure. The deepest sadness. What I'm most sad about is, what I'm most sad about is just one thing. The deep sadness and then feel it until it fades. What I'm most sad about is. What I'm most sad about is, can I say something different? Whatever, or do I say the same no, thing? Whatever, whatever comes up from your body. What I'm most sad about is that I let that I let what other people think dictate a lot of what I do. Nice. Stay in that. No words. Just feel it in your body. Feel it in your body. That's perfect. Until it fades. Feel the sadness. That's what shifts the circuit. Okay. You feel connected. My deepest fear is what I'm most afraid of is I feel afraid that Hmm. If I keep doing this, come on. If I keep doing this. What I'm most afraid of is that if I keep doing this, that I'm it's it's just gonna keep me trapped. Yeah. I'm never gonna move forward. I'm never I'm gonna miss out on things in life. I'm gonna spend too much time worrying and focused on things that don't matter. Perfect. Nice deep breath and then feel it in your body. No words. Words are your enemy. Feeling it in your body is the solution. Until it fades. And when you've used up all that fear, your mind's going to turn to what you could do differently. And that's I feel guilty. I have a part to play. Why don't I just stop doing that. Or why don't I feel guilty? Why don't I just stop? Why don't I, the best of all worlds, I wish that I would. In the best of all worlds, I wish that I didn't care. I wish that I could just change the fact that I care about that. Yes. And of course I can't change the fact that I care about what other people think because my unreasonable expectation is I get my Safety, love, security, power from something else. So it's a glom together circuit uh, because the drive is I get my your, I get my safety, security, love, power, comfort, survival, essence. I get my it's a drive. So I finished that sentence. Yeah, I get my and then I'm going to do that. You just get the what, what the okay. drive is. You're trying to you're, of course, you're doing it for a good reason. The wire is telling you to do it. I get my. I I get my sense of self-worth. Great. From? What other people think. Think of me. Great. That's the wire. That's the wire. And it's way down here. And and you found. I feel it. I feel it here. You can. Yeah. I feel it in my, yeah, right under my chin, upper neck. That's where I feel it. That's where you feel it because it's an unconscious expectation and wire and you just unlocked it. So I'm going to have you spiral up if that's okay. We're going to just hit that <laughs> wire. I and I want you to Please. <laughs> spiral up. I cannot get, we're going to negate it. I cannot get my. I cannot get my, my sense self, of self-worth self- from what other people think. Okay. Take a nice deep breath. Now real slowly because we wanted to get into that reptilian brain. I cannot get real slowly. One more time. I 
I cannot get my sense of self-worth from what other people think. Okay, this is beautiful. Your thinking brain is online. It's a whole body experience. One more time. I cannot. I cannot get my sense of self-worth from what other people think. Now, if you're doing CBT, it would be all up in here, but it's a wire down here. So you're going to get much more change. And then you're going to make fun of it. That's ridiculous. I can't get uh, my sense of self-worth from what other people think. Make fun of it. Be emotional. That's ridiculous. Three times. It's ridiculous. I can't get my sense of self-worth from what other people think. It is ridiculous. It's totally and completely (laughs) ridiculous. Keep going. One more time. That's totally ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. I cannot get my sense of self-worth from what other people think. Woohoo. I can't. Now you have the brain has to go to a new circuit. Now you're birthing a new circuit. I can get my self-worth from where are you going to get it? Probably connecting inside. I can get my self-worth from. I can get my self-worth from. For me, it's from Jesus because I'm a Christian, Um, but I can also get it from my husband, my children, the people who love me. And no, I don't know that I want to depend on them either. I need to get my sense of self-worth from loving myself. Exactly. But for all of us, this is called acquired secure attachment. It's universal in the brain, which is we get what our basic needs first and foremost met from connecting to the deepest part of ourselves, our emotional and spiritual core. And then everything goes from that. That healthy connection is what's the foundation for other healthy aspects of life. So I can get my self-worth from connecting to the deepest part of myself or whatever words you want to use, but it's inside me. It's an internal solution, not an external solution. I can get my. I can get my sense of self-worth from loving myself. Absolutely. And again, with joy, I can get my with joy. I can get my sense of self-worth from loving myself. And one more time. I can get my sense of self-worth from loving myself. Okay, great. You can see why we do this in telegroups because you're over the miles. You've got five or six other people and one person does a cycle. See, I'm feeling the joy. Yeah. Because there's no walls in the emotional brain. So you just did work and I'm feeling the tingle. Yeah. So thank you. That was so cool. (laughs) I love it. I'm definitely going to get the app. Right? <laughs> That's pretty much guaranteed. Definitely hope are that all of my listeners do too. This is so positive. I mean, this is such a great tool for moving past whatever the block is in people's lives. And it's, it's different for each person. And this gives that approach that is anyone can use. Anyone can use. Yeah. No matter what they're going through. Well, thanks for all Dr. your thanks for all you're doing to make the world a better place. Oh my gosh, Dr. Mellon, thank you so much for for coming on. And you have offered a discount code for your app called Happy, so our listeners can go to your website at ebtconnect.com. Yeah, it's ebt.org, and we're starting the ha- the Happy Brain Project right mm-hmm. now. So anyone who comes to our website to get the app and instructions and free drop-in groups and such, it's a 10% discount when you put in the word happy. We want everyone in America to have these tools because that's how we're going to all heal together. Because that loving connection to ourselves and that freedom from what, what stress does to all of us 
is going to be how we recover from the pandemic and make our world and the world a better place. We want children to have this, adolescents, young people, old people. My mother used it before she died to, so she didn't have to take sleeping pills. <laughs> when, you, when you clear the stress and get into a state of loving connection, everything goes better. It's amazing. I can't wait to use it. I'm excited for the listeners to dive in and use it as well. Can't wait to hear their feedback from it. And I just loved it. I I believe we're going to have you on again to talk more about this sometime in the future. I would love that. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Kimberly. So much, Dr. Allen. Oh my goodness. I have so many key pies takeaways from today's episode. I learned so much and I hope that you did too. The main thing that I want you to remember is that we have unconscious circuits in our brain. We have neural pathways that have forged and formed over life experiences and events that really stick out in our minds. And the more that we use those neural pathways that are already there in our brains, which may or may not lead to the best reactions that we have, the more ingrained it becomes that that is the way that we go. As an example, as we used in the episode, if I automatically go to emotionally eating whenever I get stressed out, it's going to make that pathway stronger. But what I found so fascinating is there's this moment when we are under stress that our neurons come apart and it is an opportunity for us to change the connection of the synapses in our brain. I absolutely love this. So my first key pies takeaway from today's episode is in order for us to be individuals who are more emotionally attractive, it's important to understand our emotions. When you know how you feel and what you need to come out of a funk that you're in or a state that you're in that you don't like being in, that is so key in being able to go back up to what Dr. Mellon called brain state one, where you're filled with love, joy, curiosity, hope, excitement, where you are able to be intimate with yourself and others. That's all about being an emotionally attractive person. But for us to be emotionally attractive towards others, we have to understand those emotions within ourselves. So that is the first key takeaway for you to be the kind of person that evokes emotions within others they enjoy feeling. We first need to learn how to evoke emotions within ourselves that we enjoy feeling. That leads to my second key pies takeaway, which is it is so important for us to have the time and space and silence to really evaluate our current emotions. It's really easy to go from meeting to meeting, errand to errand, chore to chore, conversation to conversation, and just have a day full of talking with others or your energy being expended in different things and not have any time to really step back and process anything that happens. But there are probably dozens of things that happen to you throughout your day that evoke negative emotions within you because of how someone said something or the person who cut you off as you were driving or the barista who kept getting your order wrong or whatever it is. Those things continue to build up and it triggers emotions within us. And so when we're able to take that step back and evaluate what it is we're feeling and what we need, we can get back to that place that we want to be where we're able to be intimate with ourselves and others. But if we continue to push our emotions down to say, we'll deal with it later, or that shouldn't matter to me, that's when we get into these negative states where our emotions are crazy. We will stop being able to really know how we feel and our body's going to get those mixed messages. 
So find that time in your day to just check in with yourself. That is going to be so important. That might be through journaling. It may be through just five minutes on the hour, every hour where you just set time to just check in with yourself. It may be disconnecting and going for a walk. It may be meditation. It may look different for you, but doing something that will help you do that to disconnect from everything happening and to connect with what you're feeling and what you need inside will be huge in being able to move forward. The third key pies takeaway I have from this is your emotions do not have to dictate your future. The things that have held you to your past don't have to dictate what you're going to do going forward or how you're going to be or who you're going to be. We all have faulty circuits. We all have faulty connections within our brain that tell us lies. It's up to us now to do things to break those faulty connections, those false accusations that our brains tell us and free ourselves so that we can move forward. Now that you are aware, you can figure out what this looks like for you and how you need to implement it in your life to move forward. So be sure to go to ebt.org, use the code HAPPY to get 10% off of Dr. Mellon's monthly app to help you with this emotional brain training and to help you get unstuck if that is something that you are interested in for next steps. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to follow It Starts With Attraction anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. The more positive reviews we get, the more positive change we can make for relationships and for individuals around the world. For show notes, updates, and the opportunity to join our email list for encouraging weekly strategies for you to become the best that you can be in all areas of your pies, go to piesuniversity.com. Again, that is piesuniversity.com. Keep working on your pies and always remember it starts with attraction.